You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Lately, there's been a common theme in the emails and the comments and the questions that I've been getting um, that's really surrounded around the same thing, which is I know that getting rid of the clutter is going to make a huge difference. I know that I want to have more time to spend with my family. I know that I want this stuff gone, but I can't. This whole, this whole concept of, I know all of these things, but I can't seem to make it happen. I'm too afraid. Um, there's, this, there's something blocking me from being able to take that action. And this isn't something that's like a new theme. It's something that I've received over, you know, over the years, it comes and goes. But here lately, it's really been, it's really been kind of screaming at me and calling to me that so many people are asking at the same time the same question, and it's really a problem and a block for a lot of people. So I decided, you know, I want to come on here and I want to just have kind of an, a little more informal chat with you guys. So if you have any questions or if you can relate to something or if you feel like you can't quite relate to something, maybe your issue is a little different and you want to ask a question about that, then please leave them down in the comments, any thoughts, ideas, or questions that you have. And I'm happy to either answer them answer them in the comments, or it may be that your question is, is so good that I just need to make a whole separate video just to address that specific take on things. So it's funny because a couple of weeks ago, I got an email from somebody, just a really long, heartfelt email about the difficulties that they're having making these changes, that they understand, you know, they have the checklist, they know what they're supposed to be doing, but they're really having a hard time letting things go. They're feeling like they just can't do it. And then I went and I did this interview for the Life Cleanse Summit that's going on currently. Um, and one of the questions that was asked by Heather, the host, was what do you tell people who feel like, you know, I know, I know that I want the clutter out, that it's going to make things easier, but I can't seem to do it. What do you tell those people? How do you address that? And I was like, well, that's interesting. You know, like I literally just had somebody ask this question. And then again, this week, I got another email from somebody, the same thing. And I get comments, you know, on different articles that I've written in the past all the time. In fact, one of my most popular articles is one that I recently did a video, video about that's this is why you have so much clutter. And I go into kind of the breakdown of why it's so difficult for people to let things go. And it just proves to me, it really it's really been like screaming in my face that this is what the deal is. This is what people need to know. This is what they need to hear. And so I just, I wanna come on here and I wanna share some of my personal experiences around similar types of topics and to really just get down to the heart of what this is. If you're like, why can't I get rid of this stuff? I see other people who can do it. It sounds so easy. I have the checklist. I know what to do. Why can't I do it? And in, even in the last video or the video that I was talking about a second ago about why we have clutter, I ended it by saying, you know, do it afraid. Yes, we have all of these fears. Yes, fear is the number one reason that we hold on to things, but do it afraid. And I have people asking, but how? How do you do it afraid? So if, if this is you, if you feel like, you know, you're having trouble overcoming that hurdle, um, if you feel like I know what to do, 
but I can't, then this is for you. And I would love to talk about it. This feeling of this is my situation and I can't is something that I'm very familiar with. I completely understand. And I think that's why I internalize it so much when I do get these kinds of questions and these kinds of emails, because I can feel it. Like I understand what that feels like. And, you know, I've experienced that in different periods of my life in different kinds of areas, not necessarily about clutter, but in different areas. And I'm going to talk about those. But first, I just really want to identify and kind of shed light on really what's at the core of all of this. Anytime that you say, I know, but I can't, that is like a beacon of light indicating that you're dealing with a limiting belief. I know, but I can't. That's all about a limiting belief. If you know what to do, and first of all, you know, people say knowledge is power. Knowledge is potential power. It's what you do with that knowledge that makes you powerful in that area, right? So knowledge is potential power. If you know, but you're not taking the actions, then you're not living in the full power of what you could be accomplishing in that area. And Nine times out of 10, that's going to be based on a limiting belief. So when you know, but you feel like you can't specifically, that is just, you should, anytime you say that, you should immediately be like, oh, that's a limiting belief. How am I going to fix this? And that's what we're going to talk about today. Like, how do you move past that? How do you, how do you overcome these limiting beliefs? I mean, it's hard. It's, it's hard work for anybody. It's not something that happens on its own. It has to be intentional. You have to put in the work. Um, and I'm going to share some of the tools that I use because, I mean, if you saw where I was like 10, 20 years ago, you would be like, wow, you would be shocked with the life that I'm living now. I'm shocked sometimes. I mean, it feels like that it feels like it was really just two different lifetimes almost. Like this is my life now and that was my life then. It's very separated mentally for me. Um, but these are the processes that I went through to make these changes and I'm still making these changes. We never get rid of our limiting beliefs. This isn't something that it's a one and done and it's definitely not something that's an overnight fix. It's something that you have to intentionally show up for every day, show up, show up again, sometimes multiple times a day. Sometimes I wake up and I feel so limited and just like like curling up in a ball, you know? I feel like I just don't have anything to put out there into the world and nothing to give for that day. And, you know, I just am flooded with limiting beliefs. Sometimes I wake up and that is just the state that I'm in. And on those days, I have to put in multiple hours in going through these same processes because I know that it works, because I know that if I put in the time to work through these things, I'm going to feel better and I'm going to be able to live the life that I want to live and help other people to live the life that they want to live. And you just can't do it when you're coming from a position of weakness and lacking in power, right? Now, if you're somebody who's like, I don't really believe in this whole limiting belief thing. I don't believe in the whole mind over matter or that I can do mental work or, you know, emotional work to be able to work through different problems. Well, that in itself is a limiting belief, first of all. But second of all, if you're coming with that mindset, you're not going to be able to get over any blocks today. So you might as well just come back when you're open to actually moving through some of your mental blocks because I'm going to be telling you straight up that you absolutely can do the things that you're saying you can't do. You can have the things that you think that you can't have. And that repeating that you can't is really only affirming and reestablishing those limiting beliefs. It's making the beliefs stronger and it's making them more present in your reality. When it comes to clutter, let's face it, if I were to come into your house because clutter is something that I don't have an issue with anymore, um, if I were to come into your house, 
I would be able to get the clutter out. I would be able to create a holistic clutter-free haven inside of that space. And you would probably walk back in and say, wow, how did you do this? And so the fact that I could physically make those changes kind of proves that you could physically make those changes too, right? So the only difference is that I know that I can and you believe that you can't. So if this is where you're stuck, if you're one of those people who keep saying, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I can't get over this, it's too overwhelming, um, you know, like I know what to do, stop giving me steps on how to do this, I know what to do, but I just can't. If that's you, then where you need to be focusing your time right now isn't on the clutter, it's not on a new checklist, you need to be learning about your mind and beliefs and rewriting your truth is where you really need to be focusing your time. And that may mean pulling back for a few days or a few weeks even and feel feel like you're doing nothing. You know, sometimes for people who are used to go, go, go and, and from getting all of their uh, rewards and self-satisfaction from taking constant actions and constantly being busy, it can almost feel like torture to say you need to just stop for a while and you need to come back to center and reevaluate what you're believing and what you're thinking. I know that that can be hard. I'm somebody who has been an overachiever before too. You know, I go through spurts where like I'm just doing, 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 and then usually I'm forced to, you know, from different signs in my body, different tensions and stress and my reactions to people that I'm in relationships with, you know, usually I can push, push, push until I get to that point. And then I'm like, okay, no, I need to come back down here and I need to take some time and rest. And everybody needs to do that. So in order to get back to center, it may mean that you're not even looking at your clutter for a couple of days. And I know that that may sound weird to people. Like, so you're telling me that in order to get all of this clutter out, then maybe I should take a few days and just not even think or look at the clutter. Yeah. You know, if you know what to do and you're not doing it because you feel like you can't do it, you feel like it's not possible, then what you need to do is pull back and ask yourself, asking a lot of questions is a big part of all of this. I'm going to share my processes with you, but really a big part of it is asking a lot of questions, asking yourself questions about your beliefs. Ask yourself questions about the things that you say, about the things that you do every day. You know, ask yourself these questions. Put yourself on the spot. So next time you say, you know what, I have kids and they come in and they dump stuff. I just can't keep that clean. Rewind, right? And then ask yourself, huh, why do I believe that? Why other people have kids and they're able to somehow make it work. So maybe there is something that I could do. Why do I believe that I can't? Now, I don't want to do what a lot of people call vulnerability diarrhea, where you just like throw out all your personal stuff on the internet for other people to hear. Um, but I do believe that your story is important in order to be able to connect to other people. So if you look at me and you think, oh, well, that's easy for her to say. She's got this beautiful life or, you know, clutter, clutter isn't an issue for her. She already said that. Um, so clearly she doesn't know what all this is about. I want to share just a little bit about some of the things that I've had to overcome and how I did it and how I use the methods that I'm going to be sharing with you uh, to this day that I still use almost every single day in order to keep myself topped off because we all need to be topped off. We all need to be reminded. And it's interesting because, you know, I was just laying in bed the other day and this is just a small thing, but I was laying in bed the other day 
thinking about waking up early the next morning, which is a challenge for me. I'm not a morning person. I really value my sleep. I need nine hours of sleep, but I'm also kind of a night owl. I like to hang out and play games and watch movies with Matt and do stuff at nighttime. Um, so I was laying in bed and it was right after reading one of the emails that somebody had sent about how they just couldn't, how, you know, they really knew what to do. They really wanted these changes, but they just couldn't. And I was sitting there in bed and I was thinking, God, you know, I'm going to set an alarm for 730, but that's not likely to happen because I'm not a morning person and I just, I can't wake up. I'm thinking these things, right? Like these thoughts are going on. I can't wake up in the morning. I'm trying to record like six videos. Yeah, that's probably not going to happen. And I'm already doubting what I'm capable of doing or what, what I'm going to do before I even set the alarm. And it just hit me like, wow, you know, as much work as I do every single day on trying to optimize my mindset and keep those limiting beliefs at bay, they pop up in all different kinds of areas. And I, you know, and so I actually did get up just so you know, after having that realization, I did get up the next day and I did accomplish the things that I set out to accomplish, but it didn't happen until I actually realized, wow, you know, I've been operating every single morning based on the same limiting belief. And that morning routine has been devastating my productivity, devastating, you know, like how much stuff I'm actually able to achieve because I'm so scared to even start that I procrastinate and then it moves into the next day and you know the cycle, right? So we all deal with this still on some levels, but for me, it used to be, it used to be so much worse. Um, I went through in my younger years, cycles of horrible toxic relationships, not all of them. Some of them were really nice, but definitely some of, some of the big players were not healthy relationships. They were obsessive. They were toxic. And my mindset at that time when I was in those relationships was, I can't leave this person. You know, I can't be without this person. Um, I wish that we had this happy relationship, but it's, you know, it's not like I'm just going to not be with them. Right. Uh, so it was very much a, an, I can't, and a, this is what I deserve. And just putting up with whatever they did, whatever they said, because I mean, that's what I felt like I deserved. That's what I felt like life was just going to be like. So, I mean, and that's just one example I've, I've lived in, I've lived in life situations that I put myself into that I'm lucky to be alive today because that's how unhealthy my lifestyle used to be. And I can tell you that a lot of it, if not all of it, was rooted in my beliefs about myself, my beliefs about what I felt that I deserved, my beliefs about, um, you know, from, from things that I picked up, from growing up, from watching people around me, from things people said to me, from behaviors that I myself took on repeat that proved to myself that this is how it was going to always be because obviously I was making those same choices over and over again. So therefore, you know, this was my reality. And you may say, well, yeah, that's not the same thing. You know, your relationships aren't the same thing. Um, how you used to live your lifestyle isn't the same thing as me being able to get out of my clutter. And it isn't, but it is. Because all of these situations are all rooted in the same fundamental mental state, your beliefs. They're all rooted in limiting beliefs, what you believe about yourself, what you believe that you're capable of, you know, what you believe that you deserve, 
all of these things, it comes from the same place. And that's why you'll find a lot of people suffer in all of those areas simultaneously. They suffer from the clutter. They suffer from the toxic relationships. They suffer from, you know, addiction to different things or from, you know, lack of finances or poor financial management, all of these things, because it's all coming from that same core belief about themselves. Now, maybe you don't have that bad of a system to where it's like branching out into different areas of your life. Maybe you do. Maybe it's on a milder level. Maybe you haven't really evaluated it and you don't really know where you stand yet. But that's why we're here. That's what we're talking about today. Um, Because regardless of what area of your life you're feeling blocked in, regardless of how incapable you think that you are or that you feel right now, you can change your beliefs. Our minds are incredibly adaptable. I think that it's it's just, it's mind-blowing how adaptable our brains are to overcoming things, to adapting to new situations, even positive situations have to be adapted to. If you're coming from a negative situation and you move into something that's really good, you know, maybe you've seen people do that before to where... They were in a horrible relationship and now they're in a great relationship and they don't know what to do about it. Like they don't feel right. They don't really like the person that much or, you know, something like that. Or that they came from a really bad home environment and now all of a sudden things are great. They have a wonderful job, but they don't feel comfortable in it. They don't know how to handle it. And that's because even positive changes require adjustments, but our brains are so capable of adapting. I just say that so that you know when you're trying to grow and expand in an area like this um, so that you can create the holistic clutter-free home spaces that you know you want, that you, you you know how to go about getting it so that you can actually go through the motions of achieving that, that it's gonna be a process of feeling maybe uncomfortable. It's gonna be a process of your brain adapting to this new way of living, but it, it will happen. Your brain is more adaptable than you even realize. So kind of going back to that previous video of why you have clutter and, you know, about the fears and doing it afraid and people asking me, well, how do you do it afraid? Well, here's what I do. And here's what I highly recommend anybody at least give a try, an open-minded, absorptive try, not just listening, going through the motions, not just, um, you know, rolling your eyes and trying it, but not really trying it. You know, I recommend giving these things if you're not already a true try in order to help break through some of the cycles of thought that you've been living with. So the first one is meditation. Now you've probably heard about meditation all over the place and any kind of like health magazine, Oprah, any kind of mindset or mindfulness coaches, they're all going to talk about taking some kind of meditation. And there are so many different forms. There are a lot of different apps that you can use. Um, Really, you can even just practice sitting peacefully and quiet and watching your thoughts like a movie, you know, just like just viewing your thoughts as something that's outside of yourself or trying to clear the thoughts altogether, just like blowing the clouds of thoughts away and just getting back to a center of just being, just being yourself. There are tons of different types of meditation. I recommend that you look it up, but it's really great at pulling you out of the narrative Because we all live in these stories, these ecosystems of story that we tell ourselves. We believe this and we experience this and we talk to this person and they believe and experience this and share it with us and all of this, this whole ecosystem of thoughts that's constantly going on. And you can't work through the thoughts unless you can stop, you know, for a second and not be in the thoughts. 
you know, not be in the clouds. Look at the clouds from a perspective of distance without being in the clouds, if that makes sense. And it helps you to bring, to get clarity and to make decisions about the thoughts that you're thinking and decisions about the beliefs that you're believing. Cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT is something that's kind of new, I guess, um, but it's really become popular here lately. And I've found it immensely helpful. To me, it's kind of like mixing therapy with meditation, with mindfulness, like it's bringing these together and then also trying to root it in the body. So a lot of times, you know, you'll go through thinking or talking through, depending on how you do it. Like if you're speaking to a therapist, then you'd be talking through it. But I use the Bloom app, which is, I found it really helpful. And he just will talk through different topics. And then at the end of the app, you'll do some deep breathing to kind of internalize and bring your body into the process of working through this thought or this topic, whatever you're going through. And that subject could be something like stress or anxiety or, you know, limiting beliefs even, I think is one of the things that he talks about. Um, but it's not just the app. It's all over the place. You can find different people who speak on the topic. You can find books on the topic, YouTube videos, basically just bringing mindfulness and awareness and trying to root your thoughts all together in this holistic process. So whereas traditional therapy, you know, just sitting there and telling people or telling your therapist about your problems. And maybe they ask you some key questions to help you come to the solution on your own. This one is more like uh, a mixture of therapy of this is why we think this way. This is the psychology behind what you're thinking. So working through that, writing down your thoughts on the topic, writing down, you know, like how you, how you relate to this subject of maybe fears regarding your stuff. Like when do you feel the fears regarding your stuff? When do you get the most tension? What types of belongings do you tend to get the most tension with? And writing that down so that you're, you're exercising, you're getting that out of your brain, you're looking at it on paper, you're thinking about it, thinking it through, and then doing something to internalize it into your body, like some deep breathing exercises. So Look it up. I'm definitely not a CBT expert. This is what I've gathered from my limited practice over the past year that I've really enjoyed and gotten a lot of benefit out of. In general, practicing mindfulness in any way is going to be key. So that could just be like sitting at a clear dining table with a cup of tea or a cup of coffee and just being mindful of what's happening right now. That's great for pulling yourself into the present. Because what happens is we tend to live very much outside of the present. A lot of times our brain is on the future, like what I need to do, what I haven't done, or the past, what I've done in the past, what decisions I've made, what behaviors are shaping who I am today. And our thoughts are kind of like going out in both directions like this, but very rarely still and right here in the present moment with what currently is happening. So really practicing awareness and mindfulness like that can be great for giving you perspective, for really bringing you into a, an area where you can make better decisions about the future. So presence is great for separating yesterday from today and tomorrow. And I recommend this to all of my students who join my course. The very first video that I direct them to is one that talks about being future focused. We're not worried about the past. We're not feeling shameful and bad about why we got all the clutter and how it's hard to get rid of and the decisions that we've made that have gotten our home to the point that it is now. None of that matters anymore. It doesn't matter. And when you really focus on the present and releasing the past, just like, putting it over there in a box by itself, 
then you realize that you can make a new decision starting tomorrow that is not a repetition of the past. So, I mean, that's one of the reasons why just mindfulness and meditation and bringing yourself back so that you're not just living on this loop of repeating the same things over and over again, repeating the same thoughts, same stories, same decisions, same wake up time, same routines, you know, all of that over and over again. When you really focus on getting down to the present and with mindfulness, getting down to the present and separating the past, even if it's just yesterday, I mean, literally the past. That's what I did the other day when I realized that. I was sabotaging my morning routine and sabotaging the progress for new projects that I was trying to work on. I was like, oh, okay, well, obviously that's the decision that I've made every other day this week, but tomorrow I actually am going to get up at 745 and I actually am going to do these things. Literally down to the day of disregarding what you did yesterday. Maybe yesterday you went to the kitchen and you looked at all of the different corners and drawers that were filled with stuff and you felt overwhelmed and you felt like, I can't do this. Um, you felt like this is just this is just something I'm going to have to learn to live with. That's yesterday because today you're practicing mindfulness, you're getting present, and you're making a plan for what you're going to do tomorrow that is not influenced by yesterday. So presence, mindfulness, it's all incredibly powerful for anything that you're trying to do. Another thing is just paying attention to your consciousness. That means paying attention to the thoughts that you're having at any given moment, paying attention to the things that you're seeing, the things that you're absorbing, the things that are taking your attention, you know, anything that might be distracting, and just understanding that everything that we experience exists inside of our consciousness. I mean, people see things differently. Some people see colors differently than other people. If you've ever seen like the eye experience with blind spots or how some people see a purple, a purple dress and other people see a gold dress and like all of these different things, like everything that exists is not 100% factual or 100% reality. I don't even know if there is a 100% reality. But if you take a moment to really think about what is flowing in and out of your consciousness? This is another part of meditation. Um, the Wake app is really great at kind of breaking down what exists inside of your consciousness and how you can choose to be more intentional about your thoughts and your distractions and you know even your space and just learning to be okay with that, accept what you need to accept and change what you need to change. Um, but if you if you really think about it, if you really think about how everything exists inside of your consciousness, inside of your mind, and that you're the director of all of these things, you can choose to change things around. You can choose to think different thoughts. You can choose to move things in your environment that are in your visual field every single day. Asking why a lot, absorbing instead of just going through the motions, and resetting, just getting clear and taking deep breaths. Those are all my core staples that I use every single day for getting myself to the next level or just making myself feel good as I am, feel happy as I am today. And when it comes to limiting beliefs specifically, there are five core steps, which are kind of thought processes that go along with overcoming limiting beliefs. The first one is to identify. Identify that you have the belief. Identify which limiting beliefs are existing for you. The second one is to find the source. Where did this originate? You know, sometimes you might be able to pinpoint a time 
in childhood where something, somebody said something that really kind of ignited this whole idea or maybe a movie that you watched that really influenced or sparked an interest in a certain thing and that led you to believe a certain way. Just finding the source of where that belief may have originated. It could have been how you saw somebody else live, how you saw your parents present themselves or things that people told you at school about yourself, about, you know, how you looked or how, you know, just different things. So getting down to the source. The third step is to find the reason behind the source because our brains are very much why and pattern oriented. We want to know the reasons behind things in order to get on board with them. So just identifying a source, it's not a blame game. It's not a pointing fingers and saying, you're the reason, or, you know, that's why I have all these problems. Uh, it's not a blame game. And when you're able to use step three of finding the reasons behind that, a lot of times you can come at it with more empathy and compassion for whatever it is that caused you or led you to have that belief in the first place. It may not have been a they caused it. It may have just been that that's how you perceived it. And that's how you absorbed it and how you translated it and what you used going forward. It's not necessarily, you know, that somebody shot this thing at you and now you have it. Somebody said something living in their own world with their own perception and their own beliefs. And maybe they said something to you and you're living in your own world with your own perceptions and your own beliefs. And you absorbed that information a certain way and internalized it. And now it's a belief that you've been living with. So finding the reasons behind why that exists, um, again, as a way just for you to find compassion and empathy around the source and be okay with letting it go, you know, forgive, forget, move on. It gives you a little bit more lightness moving forward with the next step, which is truth. So how do you find truth? How do you find truth to tell you that you can live a clutter-free life, that you absolutely can let go of the boxes that you feel like you can't let go of? Well, one way to find truth is to take a tiny step, let go of just one section of things, one category of things that you've been having a little trouble letting go of. Just let go of one of those items even. If all you can do is one or two items, then just start with that and give it a day or two. Did the world explode? You know, Are you desperately needing and, and fiending for that thing that you let go of? No? Okay, well, if not, then that's already given you just a little bit of truth that you can do it you know, that it is possible. That's why baby steps are so powerful. So that's one thing that you can do is take small actions, give them a second to set and cement, and then go back with more self-confidence the next time that, oh, you know what? I can do a little bit more and I can do a little bit more. And that's why a lot of people aren't able to, because of these limiting beliefs, aren't able to do a clean sweep in one fell swoop and get rid of everything, you know, all of their clutter. A lot of times people do it in layers and that's totally fine because nobody's brain is in exactly the same state. Some people may need to do it in layers and build that proof and build that self-confidence in order to get to the next layer and then the next layer. And then eventually you'll have so much confidence in your ability to create and maintain your own space that it won't be a question anymore and that block won't be there anymore. Truth can also come from other people. So something that I've done a lot of and I love doing and I do it every single day is find people who motivate me and inspire me who are experts in, you know, whatever their field is, whether it's mindfulness or, you know, business and just watching them do their thing. Watch them talk about how they could and they did. 
When you think that you can't and you don't, find other people who can and did and watch them and get inspiration from them and learn from them over and over and over again until your brain starts to kind of change and transform. Like even structurally, when you learn new information and you form new beliefs, your brain, your neural pathways literally change. So when you feed yourself that information enough on repeat, and you know maybe you even verbalize, which is step number five, is to use your words because our words cement our reality. So once you've given yourself enough truth and you've absorbed and you've tried things and you've proven to yourself, you've got this proof, you've got this confidence starting to build, you've got this outside information that's getting you set right, you know, helping you to, to think about things in different ways, then you just have to top it off with your words. Make sure that you're not saying things that are bringing you back down here. Make sure that you're saying things that are going to affirm where you want to be, even if maybe you're not quite there yet. And it's not just saying, oh, I believe it, I believe it, I'm going to be a millionaire, or I have a clutter-free home, and then you're surrounded by clutter, because you're not going to believe that. But you know, saying things that are absolutely true that maybe you haven't really internalized yet, like, I'm capable of living a clutter-free life. Like, I'm capable of getting rid of this box, and I will do it. I'm working toward this. I'm not there yet, but this is what I'm working toward. Instead of saying, I can't, say something that is true, but that is in the direction that you're actually trying to go. Because again, our words cement our reality.